As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting Earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like, who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing a Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! Just another day for a bounty hunter in Big City. Following yet another successful mission... Boba Fett loads today's carbonite bounty onto his ship, taking one last look at the horizon before departing this planet. Fett is surprised to see someone racing towards him at a high level of speed. He readies his weapons and prepares. Just then, the voice of the incoming can be heard. Stop right there. It's fourth down and goal, and I'm not going to let you sack the quarterback today. Not understanding what was just said, Boba Fett turns to make a hasty exit and leave this planet behind. But with a quick flip through the air, NFL Super Pro lands between the bounty hunter and his ship. I said, you're not sacking the quarterback today, and I got all three timeouts left. Boba Fett just turns to the armored hero, starts blasting away, and this battle is kicking off. It's the linebacker versus the Mandalorian, It's the Commissioner's Tool versus the Sarlacc's Food. It's NFL Super Pro versus Boba Fett today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Cavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. Ray, we've got quite possibly the greatest bounty hunter in all of sci-fi, as in ever in this matchup, versus um, a character 
that was a marketing tool for the NFL for about 12 issues back in the early 90s. So one quick question, Ray, how much did you bribe the Who Would Win production team for them to say, hey, we're using this character today? First off, James, let me go ahead and just tell you this right now. You're sandbagging a little bit. He is the greatest NFL-themed superhero in Marvel Comics history, and that can be not denied by anybody. Now, as far as bribery of the team goes, I may have called in literally every favor I own in order to make this battle happen. NFL Super Pro is one of the greatest characters in the history of comic books. Fight me on it. I will. Didn't Bo Jackson appear in a comic book? I'm sure he did in, in a Marvel issue somewhere down the road. It's possible. And to be fair, Lawrence Taylor appeared in an issue of NFL Super Pro, but that doesn't make him a better hero. <laughs> okay, you know, usually at this point, you know, I, I let the audience know that I've done patented who would win Google test where I type in the matchup into Google and see how you many people. You need to even tell them this week? <laughs> no, I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to say that this passes the Google test without actually performing the Google test. That's how confident I am. Oh, that there we go. Very few people are talking about this matchup. Boba Fett. Again, greatest bounty hunter, iconic bounty hunter character from Star Wars versus how would you describe the genesis, the creation, the the desire, if you will, to make a character such as NFL Super Pro? Look, NFL Super Pro came about, and I'll talk about this a little bit as the show goes on, but it was a joint venture between Marvel Comics and the National Football League in order to create a football branded hero and try to sell both brands and crossover audiences that way. Look, it didn't last very long. Most people don't know it even existed at this point, but I will carry this legacy forward because, as I said before, he's one of the greatest characters of all time comic book history. And James, the Super Bowl is this weekend, so why would we not celebrate NFL Super Pro on his holiday? Wasn't like the uh, Bud Knight also kind of considered a superhero? Wouldn't that have been a better... I consider him that. Okay. And we've used the Bud Knight in reference... In one of our battles on this show before, the Bud Knight is a very powerful character. And, and would you say he's as powerful as the NFL Super Pro? NFL Super Pro would destroy the Bud wow. Knight. I'm, I'm here to put that on the record right now. We could do that one next week if you'd like to. Okay, well, we have the NFL Super Pro, and thankfully, we also have a good character named Boba Fett. This is going to make up for it. I'm kidding. I have actually read NFL Super Pro. I remember as a kid, it, it came to my comic book store, I read the first issue. That was about it. And then, you know, in the past week, I've researched it, and I will admit that I, it was a good call reading just that first issue. So with that being said, speaking of iconic characters, we've got an amazing guest judge for you today on this episode, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's Genki Lee and Spider-Man Miles Morales now on PS5. It's Louie in Beastars with season two coming soon to Netflix. It's Griffin Puatu. Griffin, welcome to Who Would Win. Hey, thanks for having me. That's really impressive. Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PS5. B-Stars on Netflix. Great show. Quick question. Have you thought about, I don't know, maybe doing something kind of big? I, you know, I'm more of an indie kind of guy. Small um, projects. It's, sure. It's, it's, it's where the art, you know, it's where the art form is really being pushed to new extremes. So uh, I don't know, maybe if the contract's right, we'll see. <laughs> That's fair. So what we hear you saying at home right now is you have a big contract to give. Give it to Griffin. He deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I I would offer that contract. You are extremely talented, great voice artist, great actor overall. What have you done in your life to prepare you for the grandeur, if you will, of today's matchup of Boba Fett versus NFL Super Pro? 
I, I have dedicated the, the better part of my life when I was not acting to getting into pointless arguments and by pointless to other people, pointless. But to me, there is no greater argument than who would win in a fight. Okay. Well, if this had happened, this and that me and my family, I have four other siblings. Anytime we're together, it's always this conversation, always this conversation is about pitting two people together. So I, this is my life. I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm caffeinated. I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Okay, so so I got to ask, how familiar are you with Boba Fett? How familiar, in all seriousness, are you with NFL Super Pro? Well, they're just, you know, pop culture icons, both of them, I would Thank say. You. Uh, <laughs> no, in true honesty, I really had to double take when when I got sent the verses. I was like, yeah, Boba Fett and, and NFL, and, and who? And I and the first thing that popped into my head was like the, what was it, the, the mascot that NFL had, the, the robot? That would be in between like uh, commercials. Oh, Cletus? by Sprint. And, oh, is yes. that? It has a it has a name. I well, there you go. Yeah, Cletus? that was like. I don't that, know. that is correct. <laughs> the Fox Sports football robot is named Cletus. Yeah. Cletus, Cletus. That's a name. But no, I um I I am not too familiar with him uh, except for a little bit of brushing up. But I uh, he he's got big he's got guns. Uh, so does Boba. So I am I'm interested to see uh. What uh, what your guys' arguments are for who would win? Are you a big Star Wars fan? Like, how familiar are you with Boba Fett? Oh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I, I will say uh, Bo- Boba's a, sort of a surface-level Star Wars fan character. You know, when fans are like, like, who's your favorite character? People are like, Boba Fett. I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I never know if it's just because he's cool and you bought the toy or like, no, I read all of the Legends books and, and blah, 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 and this and that. So it's it's just weird that he's become the icon for Star Wars, but he's he is a cool character for sure. Okay, so it seems like you've got some good knowledge of Boba Fett. It seems like you've brushed up on your knowledge of NFL Super Pro. Ray, I'm actually really excited for this matchup because as much as I discounting this whole battle, I know you too well by now. Ray's a great debater. He brings up awesome points. He does his research. It's game time. That's all I got to say. Who knows who's going to win? Let's do this. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the hero who dominated crime until Marvel sacked him, NFL Super Pro. And representing Star Wars, the bounty hunter who must be lonely, because no matter where he goes, he feels like he's a clone by himself, Boba Fett. Wow. All right, well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Now, rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, I, you know, usually we talk about characters, and Griffin, this is actually kind of cool. You know, there's the animated version, there's the film version, there's the live-action version, there's a con- is there any other version of NFL Super Pro other than the comic book version that exists? There is not. There's the NFL Super Pro of Marvel Comics from 1991 to 1992, which ran a special issue intro and then 12 issues after that. And from there, the licensing deals sort of broke down. And so they're not really able to use the character anymore for fear of getting sued. Got it. Okay. 
Uh, now, I'll be using Boba Fett that's in current Star Wars continuity, which means everything from Legends is actually not going to be part of this or part of, uh, you know... It's fan fiction. It's fan fiction as far as, we, you know, as far as Disney says. So just whatever is in canon within the comic books, you know... And the six minutes he appears on six screen Six minutes he appears on movies. screen and The Mandalorian and definitely the comic books. All right, uh, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on NFL Super Pro. NFL Super Pro is a football-based hero who first appeared in NFL Super Pro Super Bowl Special back in 1991. He was created by X-Men writer Fabian Nikisi. I'm going to pronounce that horribly, and I apologize, Fabian. In a team-up between Marvel and the National Football League in order to bring attention to them both. Phil Grayfield was a linebacker out of Notre Dame who went first overall in the NFL draft to the Philadelphia Eagles before three straight years of preseason major leg injuries took him out of the game for good. Now a football reporter, Grayfield scored an exclusive interview with an eccentric memorabilia collector. But during the interview, thugs broke in to steal all of the rare pieces, tied up Grayfield with game film, and set the whole house on fire. This whole deal somehow doused Grayfield with chemicals, which gave him superpowers, and the collector then gifted him with a heavily armored prototype football outfit, which he now wears to fight football-related crimes as NFL Super Pro. Fun fact, NFL Super Pro is often cited as one of the worst comic books of all time. It only ran for 12 issues before being shut down, with its creator afterwards remarking that he only made the comic in the first place to try to score free tickets for the New York Jets. He must have gotten them because he only wrote on four issues. It should also be noted that legendary G.I. Joe and Transformers writer Buzz Dixon wrote three issues of NFL Super Pro, one of whom resulted in a rare comic book recall from the stands. All that said, famed comic book writer Robert Kirkman wanted to bring back Super Pro for an issue of Marvel Team-Up, but was unable to clear the licensing involved to make it happen. So bring back NFL Super Pro, you cowards! And that is NFL Super Pro. So how many downs of professional football did he play? Professional football in actual games? Zero. Got it. As reading it, he played in no games. He got injured early in the preseason in three straight years, twice with the Eagles. His third year, he he got cut and signed with the Chicago Bears when he slipped trying to save a kid who was falling down some of the, the bleachers, and then he twisted his leg again. Poor, poor man. Poor man. Poor okay, so, so NFL Super Pro is not really the... Okay, just, just trying to figure out the naming convention here. Okay, awesome job, Ray. Here are the details for Boba Fett. Now, Boba Fett was created by George Lucas and first appeared as an animated character in the, thank God, non-canonical Star Wars holiday special back in 1978. <laughs> if that was part of Star Wars canon... We'd have some issues. All right. Boba Fett was the unaltered clone of Jango Fett, a human male Mandalorian bounty hunter who raised Boba as his son during the Republic era of Star Wars. Fett emulated his genetic donor, whom he regarded as his father, by wearing a customized suit of Mandalorian armor. After his father's death at the hands of Mace Windu, Boba Fett continued his training and foray into bounty hunting, quickly gaining a high level of notoriety. His nearly flawless streak of successful contracts led to his reputation as the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. And here's an interesting fact about Boba Fett. Did you know that George Lucas almost made Boba Fett Anakin Skywalker's brother? It's true. 
I know all along. Evidently, George Lucas wanted to tell a story about family. That's cool. But uh, about the ways the Skywalker family's broken and the ways it gets back together, looping fed in would have added, you know, a big element to that. But Lucas also had an idea about the tone of his story. And no matter how high flying the space adventure got, some things were just too convoluted or too convenient. Boba Fett and Vader remain related only by their nefarious careers. And uh, the rest is history. Now you have the facts of both opponents. Griffin, do you have any questions before we get started? Many, but probably unrelated. I, uh, I've got the details. Uh, <laughs> many questions about how you get powers from getting wrapped up in, in film and then burning. Is, 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 was it the film? Was it the chemical reaction? And then with Boba, just, well, probably less questions. But no, no, I'm tracking. That's fair. Okay. So many questions about NFL Super Pro. I mean, if you didn't play in the NFL. I'm here to answer If you them. didn't play in the NFL. I'm, I'm just saying, if you didn't play in the NFL, how could you say? Okay, never mind. All right, Ray, really interested in how well you're going to rep this character. Hit us with your point number one. Point number one for NFL Super Pro. Now, I want to talk about all of the different characters and villains that he's defeated. Because I believe that he's faced a rogues gallery in 12 simple issues that is definitely on par with what Bubba Fett can dish out in one way or another. And he overcame all of it. So starting off with the first character he fought right away, a guy named Carl Bennings, not important. He was a football player who took a very high level, uh, dangerous steroid that ended up essentially turning him into the Hulk. He ended up taking too much at the wrong times. He had a bad reaction in his body and he grew to this splash out his shirt and he grew to about 10 feet tall, full of muscles and rage and NFL super pro beat him down with just the power of his fists. He was able to take this character who was just able to throw things at him like large, large objects, and he was able to beat him down despite his immense size and immense power. He's a character much stronger than Boba Fett, much larger than Boba Fett, and NFL Super Pro, with his powers, was able to beat him down with his fists. Other characters he defeated, a character named Quick Kick, who is a guy who's trained his entire life to be a ninja after he got beaten by Phil Grayfield in a college football game, of all things. How exciting is that? Yeah, he got beaten. He ended up becoming a ninja. He came back. He has one of the fastest kicks in the land and matching his martial arts. No problem. NFL Super Pro took him out. He also faced a character named Ripsaw, who was an eco-terrorist, except he worked for the bad guys in the world of eco-terrorism. He worked for the polluters to attack the good people, trying to stop the pollution, if that makes sense. Ripsaw is a guy who, again, he had lots of buzz saws on all his arms and he was able to do that. Trying to cut through the armor didn't work out. He fought a character named Sanction, and Sanction has a lot to do with Bubba Fett as well. Sanction was a crime boss who had a big old suit of Iron Man-type armor, not as good as Iron Man armor, but had his own thing that allowed him to fly. It allowed him to do, you know, be very, very strong, very, very durable. NFL Super Pro took him out as well, but that's not just it. He beat a character named Instant Replay, and of course he, of course he did, first off, but Instant Replay is another kind of mercenary character similar to Bubba Fett, except Instant Replay had very, very sharp blades on one of his arms, and he had the ability to travel through short periods of time and space and disappear and come back behind you through some sort of very slow, very low-level time travel mechanic. But NFL Super Pro was able to figure out where he was going to be in the future using a little bit of smarts and was able to punch the spot so he could take him out and was able to defeat Instant Replay without getting hurt too badly by a character like that. He beat a character named Repulsor. Repulsor is another guy who had another kind of super suit, except this one shot energy beams, kind of similar to the types of energy attacks that Boba Fett's going to be bringing to the table. And guess what? NFL Super Pro was able to tank one of those shots uh, when he wasn't just dodging around them all the time. And Repulsor could fly. 
Boba Fett could fly. Repulsor was a better flyer. Did not stop NFL Super Pro from getting over. The last two characters I want to talk about, Constrictor is a more big-time Marvel villain who appeared in other series, and he is a character who's known for binding people. Oh, wouldn't you know it? Boba Fett has that rope that he bound Luke Skywalker in in Return of the Jedi. No problem. Constrictor went down to NFL Super Pro, and the biggest character he fought was alongside Captain America fighting Crossbones, who's a character who's actually appeared in the MCU at this point a couple of times. Was that the Andy Serkis character? I believe it was. And this is a character who's known for super strength, super power. He's got some good armor. And NFL Super Pro was able to beat Crossbones with just a little bit of help from Captain America, who was impressed by him. Also fighting alongside Super Pro, Spider-Man, who ended up at the end of it impressed by him. All of these high-level, well-known, super-powered characters, Doug NFL Super Pro worked alongside of him, and he defeated a huge pantheon of enemies, each one of whom compares to Boba Fett. And that's my point number one. All right, let me just take this all in. How many downs of professional football did he play? <laughs> James, it's about how many butts he kicked of the criminal variety, not how many downs of professional football. He was the number one overall pick coming out of Notre Dame as a linebacker. That's really impressive. He was very good at the game. Freak injuries held him down. And did he ever think about, you know, what many American players do about going up north and playing in the CFL? Did that ever cross? Never. Okay. All American. Got it. Like the CFL couldn't afford the marketing money. The NFL could for that. That could have been an extra couple of issues. Could have been. Okay. So let me get this straight. He's had victories. Quick kick who lost a football game and decided to become a ninja. Correct. If I understand the history properly and his powers that or his ability was that he could kick very fast. He was a ninja. I mean, he had ninja powers, James. Ninja powers. He, he lost a football game, acquired ninja powers. And could quit. Okay, that's cool. Got it. I like it. Sanction, instant replay. That's actually pretty cool. And that's true. He does, you know, he's not a, from what I've read, he's not a, he's actually a fairly smart guy. So, you know, if he, you know, that win against instant replay is actually the thing that impresses me the most. But, you know, it's his overall experience. I just got to question that because, again, he went from playing, well, from being on a football team to then being a crime fighter for 12 issues. Not bad, by the way. That's pretty cool. Let me kind of compare that to Boba Fett's experience from point number one. When do you think Boba Fett started training? Like, what age was he? I think it was when, you know, he's definitely a kid. I think it was about eight or nine years old. And this training, by the way, was under Jango Fett, where, who was also a, a notorious, in one of the galaxy's best bo- uh, bounty hunters at the time. And he learned how to fight. He learned how to use a blaster and how to become a ruthless bounty hunter. Now, if you think about bounty hunting, by the way, it's you got to bring someone dead or alive, which means you can either, you know, kill the person ruthlessly or capture them and bring them in. Hopefully, either way could probably work. That's the type of experience Boba Boba Fett started getting when he was eight or nine. Even after Django was killed, evidently, you know, Boba Fett continued to train and gain experience. I think he was still a kid, probably more like 12 years old. When he first became an official bounty hunter, killed his first tar- contract at 12, and then actually led a group of bounty hunters. Again, he was 12, and this was all in the Clone Wars series. Really great series, too. Let's see. His reputation became so good that he became the go-to bounty hunter for Darth Vader. And you think about it, Darth Vader has access to a lot of different personnel, a lot of different bounty hunters, a lot of different people of various power levels within the Empire. But he's like, no, I'm going for uh, Boba Fett. He's my go-to person. Boba Fett has been sent to capture and bring in dead or alive every and all kind of beings throughout the Star Wars universe, including Jedi, which is super impressive. He's had to fight against every kind of superhuman being that Star Wars ever has. And this includes ninja-style opponents, ninja-style super droids, Wookiees like Chewbacca, 
plus a whole lot more. And it was this experience, by the way, that made him possibly the only person to ever survive and escape after falling into that Sarlacc pit in The Empire Strikes Back. Thank God for The Mandalorian, by the way, because, you know, 40 years later, it's finally been answered. It took him a little while. He did escape it. He's that tough. Now, let's compare this again to the experience of NFL Super Pro, because for most of his life, he was a regular person, great athlete, regular person. And then he played football for Notre Dame, which, by the way, let me make something very clear. If you play for Notre Dame and get drafted first round as a first round pick all around, you're pretty much a superhuman, at least a Captain America superhuman. I'm not going to deny that. And then after he got drafted as a first pick overall, Ray, he got hurt a lot, correct? You know, he he just kept injuring his leg in freak accidents. It was terrible. Yeah, after a while, if you have the same freak accident to the same leg over three different football teams, it's not a freak accident anymore. Like something's wrong with you. You're, you're clearly not meant to be playing the football, but that's fine. So after that freak accident, you know, he got his powers in his uniform and then he lasts as a superhero for one year, one year. So one year of experience versus a lifetime of training and combat going against some of those powerful and dangerous beings and creatures in the galaxy and being the go-to person for Darth Vader himself. Think about that. What can NFL Super Pro do that Boba Fett hasn't already seen a million times with much better technology, with much more powerful opponents? Super strength, durability, and speed. Man, that's like three or four different droids I can think of off the top of my head or Jedi or other crazy powerful beings. What has Super Pro experienced that will prepare him for Boba Fett? He's got some good wins, but he doesn't have the overall experience to go up against someone with the experience of a Boba Fett, with the way he uses his weapons, with the track record. This is like a really talented white belt in martial arts going up against a master black belt. The white belt, look, they may get a lucky shot in, but that's it. The black belt martial arts master, they're going to know how to take the shot, and then they're going to know how to use a hundred different ways to take out the white belt, which is exactly how this battle will go. That's my point number one. Oh, James, I got so many holes to poke in the garbage that you're throwing out here. First off, he did not, he, he's not just the number one bounty hunter of Darth Vader. In that scene, when he wants everybody, all the bounty hunters to go get Han Solo, he put, there's like five bounty hunters standing around Boba Fett at that time. He's not just the one that he called. Boba Fett was just a name on a list to Darth Vader. And remember that big furry guy? I always thought that big furry guy wearing like the orange jumpsuit was going to be the one to find Han Solo, not Boba Fett. So stop right now with your outright lies. I'm going to call you a liar on this show because Boba Fett is not the go-to of Darth Vader. He didn't care who he used. That's why he brought in so many. And you talk about a Jedi. Who is the Jedi that Boba Fett brought in and successfully got over on? Who is the bounty of the Jedi that he successfully pulled? Oh, that will be revealed. And by the way, okay. if you've read the comic books, it's funny. It's interesting that you read and, and keep on reading over and over the 12 issues of NFL Super Pro. Congratulations. But, uh, you know, reading up on, you know, Boba Fett in the Star Wars comic books that are now canon, not something you felt you needed to do. Totally cool. It's within the comic. Not important. It's within the comic books. Not, it's within the comic books. That's that not the there. Boba Fett everybody knows. That's the extent. <laughs> the garbage Boba Fett. I'm talking about the real six minutes of, of heck Boba Fett <laughs> that's going to appear in these movies. And and you see right here. Well, who are the characters that I just told you? A character named Repulsor is a power armored character who can fly, who shoots energy blasts out of his arms. What is Boba Fett going to do that isn't that? I, I, I <laughs> and I, the I, fact that Super Pro defeated him, no problem whatsoever. I, I'm telling you right now. Of all these characters, you know, you you claim these Jedis, you claim these Wookiees. I will say right now, I think NFL Super Pro has gone up against more super-powered characters because he himself is an enhanced person. Boba Fett is a clone who does not have those kind of enhancements. He's got some armor pieces on his body that are very, very strong. 
He's got some decent weaponry. He does have a lot of fighting experience over a long period of time because he did start so young as a kid. But Super Pro is an enhanced human, the likes of whom Boba Fett will not have answers for. Yeah, I, I just hope I have an answer to that somehow in my point number two or three. I, I know, but we'll see what happens. All right, so uh, Griffin, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at with this battle so far? I got to say, good points on both sides. Ray, you you came at it with 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 uh, fervor, with details. He's clearly, he's a formidable foe. I'll say, James, you did a really good job pointing out the extent of his experience and the different foes he's gone up with and the longevity, you know, even thinking in sports terms that we're talking about a seasoned veteran versus a, a hot new rookie. So those are things to consider. I've got a few other thoughts. I've got to hear more of the argument first before I can sway one way or the other yet, but I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. All right, very cool. Okay, Ray, we both came out swinging. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Before point number two, I just want to say, you know, the 12 issues of NFL Super Pro are just what we've seen. He did have adventures outside of those pages. He did have adventures afterwards. We just didn't get to see them anymore because of licensing issues. He was just on another channel, that's all. So to pretend like he just quit crime fighting at that point is a little bit ludicrous, James Gavsey. But I want to talk a little bit about his super speed and his power suit of armor because this is really, really important stuff right here. Now, this was a $5 million piece of armor that was created by this eccentric memorabilia collector to be the future of NFL uniforms, essentially to prevent injuries from players on the field because the less injuries you have, the more talent gets on the field every week and the better the games are because this guy was an ultimate football fan. So he actually created these that had to be molded specifically to a person's body. That's another reason why it costs so much. Now, the fact that Phil could just put it on and have it work right away, we're not going to ignore that plot <laughs> hole for right now. Don't, don't stress about it too hard. I just know that it works. So what it is, is it's some very, very powerful armor, the kind that would stop bullets, the kind that essentially you can get hit any manner of different ways, similar to Beskar armor that the Mandalorians wear. I'm not going to say it's as good as Beskar, but it's definitely similar in its own way to the point where he's been hit with all kinds of bladed weapons. He's been, he, I, I got some examples here to, to talk about in just a sec, but he's just done some crazy things, taken some crazy hits and gotten up and bounced back without too much damage on his person. And that is important because the outfit itself cushions the body from those types of uh, items. Beskar armor does not. You get scrambled inside of Beskar armor. We saw that happen to the Mandalorian in the season one finale of Mandalorian. He got knocked around so much and so badly that, yes, he didn't have any punctures. His armor was perfectly fine, but the man inside was shaken like an egg. And so you got to keep that in mind as NFL Super Pro starts pounding on Boba Fett up close. But we're also going to talk a little bit about his speed. Uh, oh, another thing about the, the armor is uh, he took a grenade, a full-on hand grenade to the back, touching him, blew up, not, not any damage to Super Pro. It's just very, very important. In fact, at one point, Super Pro was on a underside of a van hanging from a blimp that was uh, kind of circling around a stadium. They dropped the van with him underneath it. He dropped all the way down to the field below and walked away from that damage. What is Boba Fett going to do against somebody who can fall from a blimp under a van, get crashed by all of it, nothing breaking his fall, and then walk away and be able to keep fighting immediately afterwards? The answer is there's nothing Boba Fett can do against somebody who can t shrug off that kind of damage, that kind of impact. And again, we saw Pedro Pascal the Mandalorian get rocked around by just simple explosions 
and he wasn't able to continue to fight at the end of season one of The Mandalorian, not saying they're the same character, but they are in the same ballpark as each other. But also, NFL Super Pro can dodge. He's dodged all kinds of things. He dodged shots from crossbones, instant replay he was able to dodge, even though he was traveling through time and space. He dodged sanction, repulsor. He dodges bullets like like it's passing out candy at Halloween. He dodges absolutely everything. He doesn't get hit particularly often, and I think that's important. Because I think Boba Fett, if he lands enough hits with his weaponry, can possibly, possibly do something to NFL Super Pro after a while. But the point is, he's not going to get that many hits off because NFL Super Pro can dodge everything. If you can dodge a hail of bullets, and we all know, James, you like to talk about this in the Star Wars universe, bullet and type weapons are more powerful than blaster type weapons in that universe. Well, NFL Super Pro can dodge them when being shot by highly trained assassins. So I just have to imagine he's going to be able to jump and spin and do acrobatics and flip around and then rock Boba Fett repeatedly with a bunch of shots because he loves punching and he loves kicking. He loves to do both of those things in abundance and he has the acrobatics and the very, very powerful super speed that again, Boba Fett doesn't have to deal with a character with super speed on the reg. So when NFL Super Pro is able to move much faster than he can work with and hit him real, real hard a whole lot of times and jump around him, he doesn't have an answer for that. And that is my point number two. Okay, interesting point. So you said that the suit costs about $5 million, correct? Correct. Okay, and that was in like what, 1991? 1991. Okay, so let's put that in perspective in the Marvel Universe, because this takes place in the 616 Marvel Universe, if I'm not mistaken. Iron Man's armor in the early 2000s cost about $1 billion to make. That's according to the Marvel sure. Wiki. So if you kind of reverse engineer that dollar-wise, it's probably at, at least... $500 million back in 1991, 1992, right? A $5 million suit of armor in 1991, 1992 is in the Marvel universe is not going to go that far, even if you're a superpowered being wearing it. What happened in that, my, my favorite issue of NFL Super Pro, where he's, he's, I guess he's with Captain America and he's taking on crossbones. It was a pretty, pretty tough battle. It was a definitely well, a, tough, a good battle, job. tough battle. Crossbones, by the way, does not have super strength. He's very versatile. He's a great fighter, great weapons master. So he used some type of bladed weapon and actually cut through the armor of NFL Super Pro and actually cut into him and made him bleed profusely. Now, to make this even more awkward, all of a sudden NFL Super Pro is like, wow, I'm cut. And he's like, Captain America, what are you doing? Why are you sucking on my leg? And Captain America, without missing a beat, while still sucking on his leg, says, I need to get the poison out. Because potentially there may be possibly some poison that Crossbones used in the blade. And it's literally just an awkward shot of Captain America bent over sucking on his leg. The 90s were a great time. So, you know, the armor only goes so far. Weapons can get through it. With that being said, I do appreciate that Super Pro has a higher level of durability than the average person. So let's talk weaponry for Boba Fett. Boba Fett is a walking, talking arsenal. He's kind of like the evil or somewhat ambiguously neutral Batman of the Star Wars universe, because not only does he have a weapon or a gadget for every event or every occasion, he's also a master of using all of his weaponry in any type of combination, any type of order, depending on what he's trying to face or needs to face at that moment. So what does he carry with him at any one time? He's got twin blasters, which he uses like a sharpshooter. He's got insanely good aim. He's a marksman, again, super, super accurate with those twin kind of cowboy-looking laser blasters. He has something called an ERB rifle 
that can disintegrate a person or a creature or a droid with one shot. Now, we saw a variation of that in The Mandalorian, where he takes out that long rifle, and this was not a cool scene because I love Jawas, and he starts disintegrating Jawas like a sniper from far away. Well, Boba Fett has that in a rifle, and he can shoot that very quickly. Not rapid fire, but, you know, like a shotgun, one shot, two shot, three shots. He can use it a lot. He's got rocket dart launches from his knee pads. We saw him use that in The Mandalorian. He's got concussion grenade launches from his gauntlets. Uh, he's got a helmet also made out of uh, a Beskar alloy that has targeting systems. And again, all of his armor is kind of made out of that Beskar alloy as well. He's got wrist rockets, a flamethrower. Ray, you mentioned he's got that whip cord that can even tie up and hold very powerful Jedi. He's got an array of bombs and grenades on him. And this is a cool one, including flash grenades to blind his opponent. As far as I can tell, NFL Super Pro doesn't have that great protection against flash grenades or those kind of vision attacks. He's got a rocket launcher backpack containing a powerful missile on his back. And keep in mind, his backpack enables him to fly in short bursts over long periods and very high in the air. He's got a weapons accelerator. This is really cool. So in one scene in the comic books, I believe, Darth Vader has an audience with Boba Fett and says, I need you to get these people, but don't turn them to dust. And Boba Fett says something like, well, well, we'll see how it goes. What that was referencing was this issue where Boba Fett took on, I think it was three uh, soldiers. They, they kind of got the jump on him, you know, because he was looking at something else, whatever it was. And he used the accelerator and all of a sudden all three of them turned to dust. That is an extremely impressive weapon. And again, you can't discount the Beskar alloy in terms of the armor that he's got. This is that walking, talking tank, the walking, talking version of Batman that's in now the Star Wars universe that everyone loves as Boba Fett. In the end, NFL Super Bowl will be caught totally by surprise by Boba Fett's super advanced weaponry. Look, again, was NFL Super Bowl wears his armor super advanced for 1990s standards. But we're talking about the Star Wars universe where, the, where Boba Fett's seen stuff that is crazy advanced. Shields, hyperdrives, what have you. This technology is going to be pedestrian to Boba Fett. NFL Super Bowl, I'm telling you, he's going to be especially caught off guard by Boba Fett's biggest weapon, which, by the way, I'm going to mention and save for my point number three. James, I'm going to call you out for something right now. You called Boba Fett walking, talking. When does Boba Fett talk? He had five lines over three movies, and one of them was, My favorite line. So you've got to be kidding me right now, walking, talking. That is absolutely flat-out outrageous. Now, what can you tell me about, well, first off, let me tell you this, that disintegrator thing that turned the people into ash, that needs to hit soft tissue in order to perform its damage. It doesn't work through armor. Am I I wrong? Here's the thing. The question is, I believe it can do damage to armor, but I can't verify that it would work the same way against those three people. I can tell you right now, James, because I looked it up. It doesn't work the same way. It has to hit flesh or soft tissue in order to turn you to ash and do those bad things. NFL Super Pro is wearing a suit of armor where the only thing is exposed is like his nose and his mouth, and he's moving at super speed. So if Boba Fett could somehow pull off that shot when, when NFL Super Pro can dodge bullets... I, I just, good luck to you is all I'm trying to say. NFL Super Pro is going to close the gap well before. In fact, NFL Super Pro had a line against some uh, assassin mercenary types who were trying to shoot at him and use all this newfangled weaponry. And he was laughing at them because, oh, you have all this high-tech stuff that you rely on in combat. But all I have to do is move in close and beat you with my feet and my hands. And it's going to overcome all of your weaponry because you rely on things. And I rely on myself is what he was trying to say. And Boba Fett, is the exact same way without the gadgets. And if you get in close on Boba Fett, you're going to be able to do some damage if you're a super-powered individual. And the last thing I want to ask you about is the bounty hunter code. Do bounty hunters like Boba Fett not live by a code that they try very hard not to kill unless they absolutely have to? 
Great question. I don't believe that's something for Boba Fett. That's something arranged. There, there's some type of code discussed in the Mandalorian, but this is what he does is a little bit different. He, uh, Boba Fett always operated outside of the rules. He was very much a lone shark in this world of bounty hunters. So I wouldn't say the rules okay. apply to him that way. But there is a potential chance out there that at the beginning of the battle, Boba Fett would not go straight to kill right when the battle starts. I will discuss that. My point number three. Also, to rebut one of your things, when you say it has to hit soft tissue, are you talking about the accelerator or the disintegrator? The the one that actually turns people into ash. Got it. All the names are melded together in my That's head fair. right now. They both do. The accelerator, I'll probably kind of see your point on that, but the other disintegrator he has in that, that rifle form he's got or that shotgun form he's got actually can easily take out, you know, if it hits metal, same thing's going to happen. It's going to disintegrate. That's fine. He's going to dodge out of the way anyway, so I'm not too worried right. about it. But. <laughs> okay, cool. Lots going on for an NFL Super Pro. All right. So, Griffin, you've heard points. We're at the turning point. You've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. Where is your head at? Who do you think is winning this battle? And what does the other character have to do to pull out the victory? Well, it's surprisingly, it's a lot closer than I thought. Ray, you have done a very good job of explaining the, the depth and how broad his different powers and abilities are. He's super fast. He's big. He's got the suit and the athletic ability to take on someone like Boba, who is not superhuman. So there is that there. There is an element to when I see the battle play out in my head. I can see the raw athleticism winning out. However, on the other side, with Boba, Boba has a wide variety of counters to the different things that NFL Super Pro could throw at him, whether it's the the different weapons, the disintegrator, the accelerator. And there is one flaw. Now, there was debate about how good the armor would be on NFL Super Pro based on price. And there's certainly an argument to be made there. But for me, the one, the one deciding factor is that when you look at Boba's armor, it's Beskar. It's the strongest metal in the Star Wars galaxy covered head to toe. There is a weakness and there is an opening on NFL Super Pro's armor. And it's right in his face. And where is a bounty hunter going to be aiming to kill someone to get it over quickly? It's the face. Now, he could dodge out of the way, but when I'm just thinking total body of work and, and opportunities for things to go wrong, I see that as a big glaring weakness. So I Now wait a minute. Now let me let me let me cut you off real quick there, Griffin, because Boba Fett, as we know him, is not covered head to toe in that Beskar armor. The Mandalorian from the TV show is, but you see Boba Fett, he's got cloth things on his shoulders, on his neck area. He's got cloth area that is not Beskar armor all over his gosh darn body. So I would push back on you a little bit. There are more open areas to strike on Boba Fett than there are on NFL Super Pro. That's true. I'll also counter that there's not more that NFL Super Pro has a bigger, more vital target wide open than does Boba Fett with his face mask being wide open. That's fair, but the <laughs> neck is a pretty good spot to hit too, James. I think you would agree. I've I've, I've known to throw a, a, a throat punch in my day. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, right. So again, oddly enough, we're in a very close battle with an amazing judge. We both have to hit a Grand Slam home run with our points number three. Sir, it's a Hail Mary touchdown pass. What are you doing right now? It's a football episode. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I said that because, you know, he didn't actually play football in the NFL, so I didn't know. Notre Dame is it a is, college. Listen, you play Notre Dame, you're, you're, you've got a solid uh, career 
Thank you. Somewhere. Okay, good. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three, Ray. Point number three and where I really bring it home for NFL Super Pro. I want to talk about his powers because I've been sandbagging the powers a little bit. I did talk about some of the durability and some of that's helped by the armor. And I did talk a little bit about his speed. But we really have to talk a lot about his strength because this is a character that when he hits you, you go flying. When he throws something at you, you get hit by it real, real hard. Like I say, the armor that Boba Fett has will protect you know, him from getting cut, will protect him from getting blasted open. But the damage, it's not going to absorb the physical damage taken. So he's still going to get rattled around in that armor if he gets hit by enough concussive force, as we have seen happen to characters wearing that armor before. Now, the big thing I want to talk about here is he, he first off, a character named Constrictor, big Marvel villain, wrapped him up in some of those constriction ropes that he has, similar to what I think Boba Fett would try to do as he did to Luke Skywalker. Well, you know what happened when Constrictor tried that move on Super Pro? Super Pro just grabbed him and threw Constrictor through the air. If Boba Fett tries to constrict him with those ropes, Super Pro's just going to grab it, use his strength, and start whipping him around like Twinkie the Kid's lasso. He's going to just whip around Boba Fett and throw him against any particular wall that he finds delightful in that moment. He also had a character named Instant Replay. We talked about him before. He punched Instant Replay so hard, he went up a telephone pole. He hit him, and he went straight up. I don't even know how that's possible physically, but he ran him up a telephone pole with the power of one punch. Absolutely ridiculous. He was on a football field, and he needed to do something. I didn't really understand the plan at the time, but he grabbed the goalpost out of the end zone. Those are in there pretty good, right? He ripped it out of the ground and, and chucked it. Like, <laughs> he's able to rip that out of the ground. Boba Fett doesn't have this kind of strength. Boba Fett doesn't face this kind of strength. The Wookiee is strong. NFL Super Pro is considerably stronger than a Wookiee by degrees, by levels, by, by, by lots and lots and lots of numbers. I will not get into today. He once ripped off a piece of a brick wall. He ripped off a piece of a brick wall, like a big piece, jumped in the air with that piece, and then threw that piece at his enemy. When is Boba Fett? Jedis don't even do that. Jedis will throw small crates and boxes and rocks at you, not giant pieces of brick wall. But he can not only pick it up, he can jump in the air with it and, and then continue to attack you with it. He's also got amazing leaping power. You know, Boba Fett is a backpack that he's not very good at using. Let's face it, he's a little wobbly when he uses that backpack. He's not exactly as secured it. It's not his best piece of technology that he brings forth. Well, NFL Super Pro can jump on top of cars and then on top of buildings. NFL Super Pro once jumped from the club area of a stadium onto a blimp that was hanging. It was low hanging. Don't get me wrong. It was in the, like, in the stadium's vicinity. But he jumped from the club level to the blimp and was able to make it on there. So we're just talking an incredible amount of physicality that Boba Fett has no answer to. And as I said before, he's very acrobatic. He doesn't just walk up and punch you. He's constantly moving. He's doing football moves. He's doing spin moves. He's doing slides. He's jumping in the air and doing flips frontwards, backwards. He knows where you're going to go with your shots and he gets out of the way and gets in close and then thumps you a whole bunch of times. And that is the kind of super aggressive opponent that Boba Fett does not face very particularly often. And the last thing I want to talk about here is the jetpack, because I think that's ultimately how Boba Fett goes down, quite frankly. We, his jetpack is maybe his coolest piece of equipment, but it's also his most dangerous and one that can work against him the worst. Let's not forget that a Han Solo who couldn't see, who had just been revived from carbonite and was a weakened state, turned with a lead pipe and just tapped Boba Fett in the jetpack, which sent him flying out of control into the side of Jabba's barge and down into the Sarlacc pit. Boba Fett was defeated by a blind, 
weakened regular human being with no weapons or armor save a lead pipe. And one thing I will tell you from Super Pro watching him and reading him, he likes to pick up items and throw them. That's one of his go-to moves. When he faced against the repulsor, he grabbed a baseball that was on the baseball field's hat and threw him, hit him right in the chest with it because he was not ready to get out of the way of something coming that hot, something coming that fast. So when Super Pro starts throwing things and starts kicking and hitting Boba Fett, what are the odds of eventually him hitting that jetpack? Probably pretty gosh darn high. And when he hits that jetpack with one of his shots or one of his incoming projectiles, that thing's going to fly out of control and Boba Fett's going to take himself right out of this battle. And that's my point number three. Okay, so interesting point number three, Ray. Here's the thing. Boba Fett, when he uses that whiplash kind of thing, that whip, he he doesn't use it to constrict people. He just uses it to hold on. Plus, there's a quick release. Whenever Boba Fett feels, and we've seen this, you know, he feels like, okay, I'm, it's, some, it's not going to plan or whatever it is. He lets go. There's a release button on his gauntlet, just like the Mandalorian has Good, it. so he'll get thrown faster. It's going to happen so fast. By the time he gets the release button, he's going into a building. That's great. Also... Jedi are known to throw very large objects at their opponents or just move them around, sometimes quite more significant, quite bigger than, you know, chunks of a brick wall. Tends to go a lot slower, though. And also, when has Boba Fett had to deal with starfighters being thrown at him? Comic books. And second, on top of all that, yeah. (laughs) So on the football field where he ripped out a goal post, did uh, the NFL Super Pro finally play football? He he made some moves. Gotcha. So still no experience playing Football in the NFL. Okay. I just really need to. Well, he practiced. That's fair. He practiced. You know, it's like Batman's never been a bat, right? So I guess it's this. Okay. Here's the thing. In the Mandalorian series, we do see Boba Fett use his jetpack in a very competent way. He's flying alongside the Mandalorian, the title character. And, and he's got, I'm not saying at this level, but he definitely has like Iron Man type of movements and smoothness of movements and, and some good speed when he's using it. So he's very competent in his jetpack. And by the way, not that I believe this 100%, but the fun fan theory about Han, how Han Solo took out Boba Fett was that somehow the Force was flowing through him or somehow Luke Skywalker sure. did it. Who knows? But sure. what I will say, what I will say, thanks to the Mandalorian, we do know that Boba Fett is so tough that he survived the Sarlacc pit in the Sarlacc. His his armor survived the Sarlacc, and he just happened to find a back door to the to the cave, all right? Intra- back door to the Sarlacc cave. Got they, they, That's right. They go in and they make they a walked cave. In there and took so he it. went in the yeah. Sarlacc. While in the Sarlacc, he found the back door to the. Okay, so and then weirdly enough, left the armor there. That was a little strange. It was a parting gift. He's like, you know, I want to try something new. You not use my armor. Yeah, but in all seriousness, that shows like how tough he is. That Sarlacc pit can't wear that armor. What a weird gift. <laughs> Have you seen the He's Sarlacc? A very, very Have you large seen the Sarlacc monster. wear armor? Have you seen a Sarlacc in a dress? It's fetching. I mean, I don't want to answer That's that fair. question. All right, let me get to my point number three, and this is actually going to tie everything together. So let me take you on a little journey here, Griffin. See, in reading through NFL Super Pro's 12 comic books, I kind of saw some weaknesses, some some cracks in that armor of NFL Super Pro, if you will. So the first thing I saw is that he's actually susceptible to energy-based attacks. He was hurt in one issue when he got electrocuted. So somehow this pulse of electricity got through his armor and made him scream out in pain and made him realize, I don't want to get hit with that again. So again, the armor's, uh, there's got some limitations. He can get hurt from high falls. He's afraid of falling from those high levels. In one one issue, he states that he doesn't want to turn into road pit pizza when he hits the ground from a fall that high. So clearly he knows he's not as durable or his confidence is like one of the two things. Another time, he's got super strength, but as he's falling, 
He reaches out to grab onto this rope ladder, either from a blimp or something else. He grabs it, screams out in pain again, because that really caused a lot of pain and trauma on that arm and shoulder that he grabbed onto. Very similar to the scream he laid out the three times he broke his knee, evidently. Also, you know, the other weakness he's got is that he's a brawler. He's really a, a good brawler. He's a tactical brawler. But again, he's a brawler. He's not a fighter. He's a brawler who likes to fight. He likes to fight the good fight for, you know, right. But he's a brawler at the end. And finally, as I already mentioned before, he can get cut. We saw that with Crossbones when he cut him and then Captain America sucked on his leg. I don't want to revisit that. It's kind of a weird image. So he's got these, it is, he's got these weaknesses. He's not as powerful as we want him to be. So all these weaknesses make him susceptible to Boba Fett's biggest weapon of all. And this biggest weapon is actually the fact that Boba Fett is completely ruthless. Ray, you mentioned these rules or a code of conduct that a lot of bounty hunters have. I do think there's something to that, but bounty, uh, but Boba Fett is not part of that collective. He doesn't go by those rules. He does whatever he needs to do to get the job done. He'll literally stop at nothing to 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 find his opponent, collect on that bounty, or you know get that bounty, and that includes a lot of collateral damage and killing of innocent bystanders nearby. It was actually this ruthlessness that enabled Boba Fett to get a win over one of the most powerful beings in the Star Wars universe, Luke Skywalker. So in the comic books, Ray, that, that are officially part of the Star Wars continuity, Boba Fett was instructed to bring Luke Skywalker, and he was instructed to do that by Darth Vader. So although he didn't bring Luke Skywalker back, because he, what he did do was take on Luke Skywalker, use his surroundings against him, put the you know, innocent people at odds or in the way, whatever, kind of, you know, distracting Luke Skywalker because he's, like, caring for people. He doesn't want to hurt anyone else. And that's how he got the drop on Luke Skywalker. Knocked him out. Got him. That was thanks to R2-D2, who kind of stepped in, caused a distraction to help them get away. But he did have that kind of clean win over Luke Skywalker by being that ruthless and not caring if any innocence or any collateral damage happened, any innocence died. He's like, whatever. I need to get Luke Skywalker. So how did Boba Fett beat Luke Skywalker? Let's kind of go over this. Did he use his combat experience? Yes. Did he use his weapons? Sure. Again, it's that sheer freaking ruthlessness, his disregard for any bystander, his utter lack of care of well-being of anyone around him. That's what gives him the clear advantage, not just in that Luke Skywalker fight, not just in every other fight, but that's what makes him such an amazing bounder hunter where he's got that crazy reputation throughout the galaxy. Now, which this ruthlessness, by the way, is the same weapon he's going to use against the NFL Super Pro. So remember, Griffin, the characters that we talk about, they stay within character in these fights. So Boba Fett is going to be ruthless in this fight. He's going to use whatever he can around him. He'll use innocent bystanders. He'll blow up buildings, putting people at risk. He'll drop buildings that make them topple on top of NFL. So he doesn't care. He's like, I'll do whatever I need to to get the job done. NFL Super Pro, he's a hero. He's a good guy. He's not going to hurt people. He's going to try to do whatever he can to save people, save buildings so they don't get hurt. So here's how I see this fight going. Boba Fett and NFL Super Pro square off. Boba Fett quickly figures out he's facing a super-powered opponent. He uses his flamethrowers and grenades and sees they're just not working that well. They won't be enough. Realizing he needs to use his big guns, Boba Fett creates a distraction, something small like putting innocent people in danger from a building he causes to collapse or something like that. And being the consummate hero, Super Pro, NFL Super Pro goes in for the save where he is then distracted and gets hit with a barrage of blaster fire, high-powered missile, disintegration types of rifle blasts we talked before that does work against metal. Either NFL Super Pro gives up, gets battered into submission, or eventually gets killed by the ruthless, way more experienced and heavily armored Boba Fett, which is why, when you put it all together, it's easy to see why Boba Fett wins his fight. That's my point number three. 
Well, you had said some good stuff there and some some junk. So one thing that I will tell you about NFL Super Pro is, yes, he is heroic. There was a point when he was in a battle and a kid was about to fall out of a window because he was cheering so loudly at NFL Super Pro beating this dude up. And NFL Super Pro, mid-battle, grabbed the kid, put him down, and then kept fighting in the battle. But there are examples of NFL Super Pro being so tunnel vision and so focused on his enemy at hand that he kind of ignores the outside world around him to a little bit. There's one part where he's chasing some bad guys who are driving off in a car, and he's not paying attention at all the collateral damage happening. He's only going after the car. There's one point when he's trying to foil an assassination attempt, and he sees a sniper up on the building. So he jumps up onto the building, beats up the sniper, takes him out, but then looks down because the target, the guy he was supposed to protect, gets shot by a second assassin, and the the guy drives away and, and tries to get away with it. So NFL Super Pro, if he gets tunnel vision in on Boba Fett, I don't think that he's going to be as worried about a building collapsing because there's only going to be so much he's going to be able to do about that anyway. Now, you talked about electricity. He did get electrocuted and it did not feel good, but that was in that moment. The same thing with the road pizza when he says, I don't want to be road pizza. That's when he was on the bottom of the van that then crashed and he walked away fine. So him not really knowing in those early issues what the capabilities of his suit are, And his mentality of such is a lot different than what actually he should be afraid of as a character as he grows into the character as the series progresses on a little bit further. I just want to bring up the last thing, that jetpack, man, that's going to work against Boba Fett real, real hard. Like, we know it's a disadvantage. They kind of make fun of it in Mandalorian Season 2, if I remember it correctly. And NFL Super Pro is going to get in close. So you say Boba Fett's going to be ruthless. That's fine. But when you have a guy who's moving way faster than you can manage, hitting you way harder with more strength than you can manage. It doesn't matter how ruthless you are. You're just going to take a beating. And that's how this battle's going to go. He's going to be able to get around the weaponry. And like you said, the flames aren't going to work. The, 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 the simple weapons aren't going to work. The rope's not going to work. NFL Super Pro, and once he, once he clears the gap and he tries his initial barrage, Super Pro's going to get in close. He's going to pound the living crap out of him, eventually knocking into the jetpack, sending him off into tomorrow. NFL Super Pro stands on a bleacher, declares victory. And then falls and breaks his leg and never plays another down of football? Or Okay, so uh, if, if it was a practice and not a game. So Griffin, you've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. It is now time for you to give us your decision. Take us through your process. Tell us this story of how you think this battle will go and give us your decision on who would win this battle. NFL Super Pro or Boba Fett? Okay, this was tough. Arguments from both sides were really, really great. Um, at the at the turning point, at the at the end of the first two arguments, I was leaning one direction. I I saw a a a flaw in the armor. I saw an opportunity that, in uncontrolled circumstances, and where the randomness of battle, that's a that can be an issue. But that was actually where where my decision. That's actually where my decision on who finally won really expanded. When I heard the last three points, it was the randomness of the battle that, that, that stayed in my head. And I was thinking about, okay, well, this is a random encounter. These two counter each other and have a fight. What is the advantage that Boba Fett has? He's cunning. You know, he's tactical. He will go in with the tactics. He, will, he has his target. He will set up the, the circumstances to trap the target, get him. But that's where the first problem comes in. This is a random encounter. Boba does not have any prior knowledge, so the, a lot of the battle is going to be the poking and prodding, figuring out what this guy is about. Now, how much time does he actually have to, to test out all those things when, as Ray has pointed out very eloquently, he is going to be throwing a barrage of power. His speed, his ability to jump. Like, Boba Fett could 
could go up into his jetpack and, and try and hover over and just poke and prod with his, his pistols, his, his blaster. But the whole time, he can be dodging that. He can jump up and get him. And then it's, it's also the matter of his demise. In, in Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett's demise has to do with the faultiness of his equipment and a random accident. It's, it's not even him going up against a strong foe like the Jedi. You know, it, it was him getting knocked, his, his jetpack getting knocked, uh, him flying off into the Sarlacc pit and dying. And the, and the big advantage that the NFL Super Pro has is that he it is actually his background in the sport of football. Football players are, are trained to react to the unexpected, you know, whether an audible is called or, or whatever. They have, to, they have to react in real time to what a, a player is doing and hone in on that. I think from what I've heard and from what I can tell, all of the different arguments put forward, the armor, the, the super abilities, what it really comes down to is which guy is trained for what. Super Bros is, is trained for the unexpected to make fast decisions, and he has the extra strength. Boba is trained for approaching an enemy from afar, you know, knowing where to find them, setting up the, the circumstances for trapping them. And I feel like when it gets down to the, the, the nitty gritty, I don't think Boba possibly can have enough time to figure out what to do. Possibly. But when it comes down to it, the, the randomness of the battle, I think, is going to tilt in the direction of NFL Super Pro. So I've got to give the win to NFL Super Pro on this one. That is what I'm talking about. That is, that is the correct answer. That is correct. God dang it. You just nailed it. Sorry, James. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'm happy for Ray because he, he really wanted this one. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. I, I got to tell you, the, the, how many times have I actually been on the other side of this argument? Some character versus Boba Fett. And I've always used the fact that a Han Solo just revived from the Carbonite blind, hanging upside down, waving a large staff wildly, still took out Boba Fett. That is a point, unfortunately, that you can't ignore. That is a good point that Ray used. Well done. I, I got to tell you, it was, I, I feel like I had so much fun doing this. It feels like I won anyway. This is maybe one of the greatest <laughs> battles we've ever had in the history of this show. And Griffin, I'm glad you were picking up what I was putting down. I think when James put on the table the circumstances around how he was able to defeat Luke in a battle, taking him by surprise, setting up things with prior knowledge, this is all stuff that he's not going to be able to do in this who would win battle. And as James was saying it, uh, I actually wrote a note here to bring it up in my counterpoint. Uh, myself, which I then missed because I ran over time and I was kicking myself, but you picked up on it anyway. And I've never been happier at a judge paying attention than I am right this minute because you picked up what it was being put down. Well, thank you. And that, that was it for me. It was the occupational skill difference. They're both skilled combatants. They're incredibly well-powered in different ways, but I think the, the randomness of the encounter tilts the, tilts the win in uh, NFL Super Pro's direction. You know, it's, it's, we often have battles where we say, you know, we did Spider-Man versus Astro Boy, where rightfully so Astro Boy won. But we all agreed if Spider-Man could learn from this, escape and then come back, Spider-Man's getting the win. This is, I think, that similar situation in a first encounter. I kind of agree. NFL Super Pro has what it takes to the defeat Boba Fett. But if Boba Fett learned from this encounter and could come back, 
my money is heavily on Boba Fett for the win. But that's to your point, if you could set up the situation. Yeah. And not just that. If Boba Fett was ta- tasked with bringing in NFL Super Pro to Jabba's Palace, I 100% think he could do it. I think he, he, would, he would prepare correctly. He would have a plan. And NFL Super Pro would be hit when he wasn't ready yep. to be hit. But again, random encounter, no prior knowledge. Character like Super Pro is going to do pretty Griffin, good. I think well, your your judgment was brilliant because, you, listen, and by the way, anyone who plays for Notre Dame is a superhero. Anyone who gets drafted by the NFL is a superhero. Regardless, you take one step on that playing field. All joking aside, as a former football player myself, nowhere near that level. I can appreciate that. So that I just want to show that respect there. But you're right. When you are a linebacker or a quarterback or really any position like that and you're playing football, you have to be ready for anything, make quick decisions, and be put in random encounter, like random situations in every play or every down you, that you're on the field. So that was brilliant on your part to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That, I, yeah, that, that, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was all I had in my head. It's, the, it's, it's, it's two people in an arena fighting it out, and I, one person, I, I mean, he does that every, every day. Every game is a new encounter, new set of challenges, or the randomness of it. And it's direct competition, whereas with Boba Fett, it's indirect. It's it's a lot of it, the target doesn't know he's being hunted, or at least hunted by Boba Fett. So, but but I agree. If the circumstances were different, I would put my money on, on Boba. He's been doing it longer. Yep. He's got the skills. He's got the the tools, and he would be more than be able to catch him by surprise and, and take him down. Awesome. All right, guys, this was an amazing match, and I think congratulations are in order for Race Decanus for taking a character who's long been forgotten for reasons that may be justifiable and brought new life to them. Who knows, Ray, you may kick off a new 12-issue arc of NFL Super Pro that could sell dozens of copies. <laughs> Listen, uh, I will buy dozens of copies on my own if they decide to reboot Super Pro. Look, you don't have to use the NFL logo. Look, he's got it on his chest. It was an unfortunate branding. Whether or not he played in the NFL in an actual game, unfortunately, it's on his chest, you know? So if Spider-Man is a spider on his chest, even if he had no arachnoid abilities, you'd still call him Spider-Man. It's just uh, the problem with That's the fair. name. That's fair. All right. So an amazing episode yet again. Congratulations to Ray Sicanis. And again, Griffin, you are amazing. Please come back on the show. We'd love to have you back. With that being said, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and some of my music on Spotify at Griffin Puatu. It's first name, last name. And you can see me in Spider-Man Miles Morales on out on PS5 as Genki Lee and in B-Star Season 2 coming soon to Netflix. Love it. Ray, again, well done. I was really, I was worried about today's matchup because I was thinking, okay, there's only so much you could bring, but you brought such depth to this character. I, I think you have, uh, you've done a great justice for the world today by repping NFL Super Pro the way you did. So go ahead and tell us, where can people find you online? Well, before I get there, you know, there was a, uh, a review that I wanted to read really, really quick that, uh, uh, that somebody left a five-star review, and I want to get in the habit of reading some of these. It's from 10 Ice Bear 777. I love you guys show exclamation point. Five stars. Check out this. I love you guys show. I have been listening for two years. Great job. I think you all should be doing an episode with Boba Fett. This is from January of wow. this year. So hello. Also start doing shout outs. He says, okay, that would be awesome. Keep up the great work. 10 Ice Bear 777. You are heard. Hashtag we listen. And everybody out there who saw Boba Fett versus question mark and were like, who is Ray going to bring as a secret weapon? And when I put NFL Super Pro on the table and you had your mocking (laughs) and you had your mirth and you had your fun, 
I want you to look up from down where I have smacked you. Look up from the ground at the greatest who would win champion of all time and put a little respect on the name of Almighty Ray. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Wow. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsey. Again, by the way, we love the the reviews everywhere. We love the five-star reviews. We can't say enough to our community, our social media community. Thank you for everything you do. We actually got a great compliment in our Facebook group, the Who Would Win Facebook group, by one of our members who said, thank you for having such a great community here. No judgment. Everyone's cool. Everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. This is thanks to the fans. So thank you to all the fans and listeners of the show. With that being said, remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Stacanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once Thanks again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps... You can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.